One of the things I've uh, found myself enjoying doing is uh, looking at um, television shows and movies and and looking at um, not just uh, technology, but um, specifically computerized applications. The generation of, um, of the user interfaces that are used um, all the way to um, the methods and operations, um, logic, logical flow, analysis, and that kind of stuff, hacking tools, and all this other kind of stuff and everything. And uh, one thing that constantly surprises me is how much easier hacking is, at least as depicted in these alternate realities or whatever you want to refer to them as, simulated worlds or um, fictional worlds and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, the... And um, it, it just comes down to the um, the tools, you know, tools and technology. How how do they do, you know, some of the things they do? And uh, that's actually been the active question. So rather than just dismissing it as fiction, I've been actually, you know, asking myself the question, how would I do these things? You know, so Mr. Robot's a, it, it's an example of uh, taking a look at the hacking and that kind of stuff. The stuff that he actually does um, in Mr. Robot um, it's if you haven't seen the show, it's a wonderful show depicting hacking and it's hacking from the perspective of how I used to do it. You know, bit twiddling type stuff and everything. So where you know everything's a constant process. You're leveraging all the resources, and to some degree, you know, I was taking you know how many different drugs and cocktails in order to basically continue my life and do what I was doing and everything. Um, that was the, my life as a programmer before. You know, but uh, it's just like how you know how is it I would actually you know do the same things. You know, um, leveraging other tools. So. For instance, um, was it uh, Supergirl? <clears throat> They've got uh, something called the DOE, the Department of Energy, and they're constantly, I mean, constantly hacking different things. You know, um, what is it, Supernatural, another show. These guys are constantly, consistently hacking into things. And these guys don't seem like they're educated and, you know, into hacking and that kind of stuff. And it's just like, okay, you know, where did they acquire their skills? You know, number one. And number two, you know, um, how are they doing what they're doing? You know, so... And again, the whole key to all of this is basically saying, um, not saying it's fiction, you know, not saying it's not possible. So, so the question becomes, how is it possible? How to do these things? You know, um, what, uh, what logically needs to be set up in order to be able to get it to work and everything? So that's, you know, for me, it's been, you know, one of those things just like, how the hell, you know, do you do these things? Well, I mean, it, uh, it's a little bit, um, you know, what I consider entertaining, interesting, trying to figure out, you know, trying to actually do these things, you know, trying to consider all the different possible angles and everything and uh, to do these things. So one, for instance, is... Um, Supernatural. They're constantly getting into other people's computer systems and that kind of stuff, or downloading files from remote systems and that kind of stuff. Um, Supergirl, they'll constantly hack other systems and machines and everything, you know, and, uh, and try to figure things out, you know, and that's, that's just the thing. So what I've been doing is I've been paying attention to the user interfaces, and uh, in particular trying to understand the mindset, you know, of... Um, of these these things that have been created and everything and uh, trying to understand what exactly goes into you know the development of these things 
and uh, how can I recreate it? That's actually been the bigger question. You know, um, looking at uh, the the GUIs, the that's called a graphical user interface, and uh, more or less saying, okay, if I've got something, you know, such as OpenGL, you know, um, how is it I would actually create something with OpenGL? and create something exactly like what I see, you know, on the t these TV shows and everything. You know, for me, that's you know, really kind of the interesting question. How do I recreate exactly what I've seen, you know, on these shows? You know, on, from a from a step-by-step step perspective. You know, and uh, also looking at the menu systems within these as well. You know, um, I've taken various, you know, numerous snapshots of different TV shows. Person of Interest is a great for instance. You know, if I was to actually implement this from a programmer's perspective, how would I actually approach this implementation? You know, um, what would I do, you know, from a coding perspective to be able to get it to do what it, what it does? And I've done the same thing with Watch Dogs, too, you know, the video game. You know, how would I actually make it so where, you know, my character, you know, can actually do these things in real life? You know, what would I do it with? You know, and here's, here's a for instance in Watch Dogs. There's, um, there's something called CTOS, which is an operating system, which is actually within each one of these uh, things that he ends up hacking. So it's at, at the phone level, it's at the, um, in a lot of cases, it's actually what, what, what runs some of the systems and everything within, uh, within the, um, oh, within some of the infrastructure and everything, for instance, steam pipes and things like this all actually run um, some of the, uh, you know, some of these systems and you can actually overload them and actually create a, an eruption of a steam valve or something like that. So that's one possibility. Another possibility is, uh, you know, you've got the capability to be able to um, hack um, phones and to, in some cases, trigger an overheat. You can do the same thing. We can hack an ATM, have it dispense more money, or have it uh, have it actually, uh, at that point, interact with the user and withdraw money from their account or something like that. Um, all these things are, you know, there's something, you know, called, uh, called NMAP, which actually allows me to be able to scan for certain things and also leverage something called a script to basically uh, to get into um, a system and to prevent or to actually hack a system and make it so where I can actually get into it and make, make alterations and everything from a scripted perspective, leveraging known exploits. And um, knowing this, you know, I can actually leverage uh, NMAP to to specifically target um, exploits on a given system and everything. You know, so all these things that I've been looking at have been possible, but to me, you know, leveraging fiction as a resource, you know, uh, of what's possible. And then, you know, here's the key. Um, whenever I see something that I don't know how to do, at that point, it becomes a challenge to myself to basically try to find a way to implement it. You know, it's just like looking at uh, at what it is that that's been that's going on, and uh, asking myself how would I actually go about implementing it. Well, one thing I've really um, I ended up watching Aquaman last night. And um, the first part of the movie, and a lot of the movie, um, is graphically, uh, you know, it's CGI. So the the first part is completely CGI-based, and uh, they end up, um, 
they end up um, going through and, uh, you know, having a CGI-based uh, Nicole Kidman and the other character and everything. You know, I was telling my mom, it's just like, that's that's all completely CGI-based. Well, this isn't bad nor good, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You know, so the question is, you know, for, for me as a developer, you know, it's it's easy enough, you know, coming up with, um, you know, knowing how something's done. But it's entirely another actually considering how to actually go about doing this. And for a long time, I've actually wanted to dive into, you know, two, two things altogether. Um, one is um, architecture. You know, my buddy um, Ricardo, he was actually into architecture, and he, uh, he ended up, um, you know, some of the things he did is just like, I was always kind of curious, you know, f- from an education or educational perspective, how one goes about actually creating architecture. Um, and the other thing I've been interested in is, is the design of face, uh, faces, faces and um, bodies and that kind of stuff from a uh, computer-based perspective and everything, how to actually implement it. Now, doing straight angles, leveraging vertices and that kind of stuff within a uh, computerized environment, leveraging OpenGL, you know, it's all I'm doing is painting um, positions in space. So it's X, Y, Z, um, tracing a line and everything and doing that. And it's, it's pretty easy to do straight angles and everything. But um, doing um, faces and things that are a little bit more complex with their presentation and everything, it's a lot tougher, you know. So um, I, I don't know, you know, to be honest, that's actually one of my, what I consider my Achilles heels. How do you go about implementing, you know, the face, you know, within a computer system? And uh, that's, you know, the <laughs> clearly the designers, you know, doing faces and that kind of stuff are still having a rough time with it over in uh, Hollywood because Aquaman, um, the faces look plasticky. They don't look real. They look... Um, for all intents and purposes, they they look absolutely fake, you know, and I can't put a finger on why, you know, um, it's almost like they're, you know, it's, they're not, um, they're not natural with their movements, you know, with that kind of stuff and everything, so it's just like I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, trying to figure out what exactly is it about a face that designers are not doing well, you know, um, and it's just, that's a really tough question and everything. So that's actually something I've been interested in wanting to, wanting to look into myself, you know, trying to understand what exactly um, I can do to actually learn how to do faces better. You know, seeing as, you know, Hollywood itself is having a rough time with faces, what can I do? You know, um, from, a, you know, particularly leveraging something such as OpenGL, you know, to basically do face faces and face design and that kind of stuff, you know, um... What can I do, you know, to to learn these skills a little bit better? Not only that, you know, take my next version of Watch Dogs 5, and my goal is to make it look real. If you happen to be stuck in this reality, in this world and everything, um, I want it to be, you know, to be something that's fun, you know, that's not hellish, that's not, you know, <laughs> not cartoony and that kind of stuff. So it's really kind of a, it's a little bit more complex question and everything. So anyways, I'm kind of putting this out there just because um, I like the idea of doing some of these things and taking the time to understand, you know, how some of these things are done. 
um, not just from a designer's perspective, but from a um, a developer's perspective. You know how I can, you know, create uh, create something that um, looks lifelike, looks absolutely real, and uh, not only that, but um, create more vibrancy within the worlds and everything. You know that I'm designing. So kind of putting it out there, just basically saying, okay, you know, I want to create um, not just copy of this world that I have right now, but I want to create more, um, more of, more life, more what feels alive within it. So, and that's kind of like, uh, you know, where I'm coming from. It's just like, what, what can I do to make the worlds, you know, that I create, you know, in a city, um, not just look like what's existing, you know, but also take it to the next step and everything. You know, let's say I want to take Phoenix, and I actually want to um, create what I consider as a copy of, or not a copy, but a thinking and moving forward, you know, from this current path and everything. Um, where is it is it going to go, you know, from a, a technological design perspective and everything? You know, I have to absolutely have the baseline, which is having, you know, the the people looking alive and real, and um, the you know the whole concept and idea that everything, you know, everybody's that that it's actually a realistic environment and everything. I absolutely have to be spot on with that, you know. But the next steps, you know, from there, what is it I can do to, you know, to take this and actually make it look, you know, look and feel. Not just uh, like a futuristic world. I mean, and and here's an example, you know, taking something like, um, oh, what is it? Um, <sighs> Back to the Future. When Back to the Future ended up uh, doing what they did, you know, for the overall design of the world and everything, it it was just, in my opinion, not good. Um, they, from an overall perspective, they did a decent job in in making you know making a some really interesting concepts and ideas and everything. But the problem is it fell short um, because the uh, I don't know it felt a little bit um, on the goofy side, like it wasn't it didn't try to actually be something that was more real. So. You know, looking at that as more or less an example, you know, of of really kind of like the the problems that existed with the, you know, with that Im implementation and everything. How is it I would actually learn from what uh, what happened with Back to the Future, you know, and um, just take it, you know, take it to the next step and everything, you know, from an implementation perspective. What is it I would do? You know, it's I don't know. It's kind of an open question. So. In any case, um, you know, what I'm looking at is just basically saying, okay, you know, I, you know, one thing is certainly looking at the, looking at what happened with that and more or less uh, making sure that I followed, just understood the problems with that. And I think part of the problem with uh, Back to the Future in that world is just, I wouldn't want to be there. Flat out wouldn't want to be there. You know, it just, it's a type of world that's moving forward and everything. It's, I mean, there's some things that are absolutely cool about it, you know, but uh, the dregs and that kind of stuff, it's just like, it's kind of the kind of place that I really wouldn't want to be. Now, the Star Trek world, that's the kind of world that I would, would want to be in, you know, so how is it I would get there, you know, to that? 
you know, and, um, I don't know, you know, and that's the whole thing. Can I actually look at, uh, look at Star Trek, take Phoenix as I know it, move it into the future, leveraging the concepts and ideas of that without it being silly, you know, without it, out of feeling, you know, back to the future, you know, ridiculous to some degree. And, and and don't get me wrong, Back to the Future, I loved the entire series. I really did enjoy it. I mean, the first one was hands down, it was awesome, you know, but the second and the third one, um, while they were good, um, it still seemed like there was something fundamentally lacking with it. You know, and uh, a lot of it just came down to, you know, I mean, I can't put a finger on what. So maybe that's what I need to do, is just basically analyze it from a critical perspective and and, uh, and say, okay, you know, what what happened with this? You know, why did it, uh, did it, you know, fundamentally fail, you know, with what it was trying to achieve and everything? I don't know, offhand, you know, that's kind of the problem. So, anyways, um, yeah, I've been analyzing and watching TV shows and just asking myself the question, you know, from Agents of, uh, DC's Agents of Tomorrow all the way to, or Legends of Tomorrow all the way to, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I mean, even, you know, just basically, um, Scorpion and those kind of shows, and not only asking myself how I, I would implement certain things, you know, from a programmatic standpoint, but also, you know, a, a psychological standpoint. How is it these people think? Why do they think what they do? Trying to think from their perspective, you know, what would develop somebody into a specific character, you know, and Q is a great example. What would develop somebody into a specific character that would be able to manipulate space and time like he does and everything? Um, how would I go about actually creating a character that can actually do something like that? You know, and, um, you know, asking all the questions about, you know, psychological development, um, historical development that actually leads somebody to the point of being like that kind of being and everything. You know, all of it's really interesting questions if you ask me, you know, about uh, the development of a character and what can actually bring somebody to a point of, you know, becoming quasi-omnipotent and that kind of stuff. You know, um, it's just, you know, how... What, uh, what does it take uh, psychologically to progress to that point, you know, and, um, you know, for that person to be real? And, you know, this goes for not just, you know, some character like Q, but, you know, murderers, um, you know, the people that, uh, you know, the bad guys and the good, you know, what... You know, Dr. Evil, for instance, you know, let's say he is real in his universe. What can actually make all that possible? Um, what, from a physics perspective, makes it so where, um, I don't know, what's the one that uh, Jackie Chan's can actually exist in a world where they never have problems and everything? You know, all these things for me has been questions I've asked, but I've really, really focused on, especially lately, the user interfaces and everything and computer design and computer graphics and everything for these alternate worlds, you know. So, in any case, that's about it for now. Now, the, um, the other thing I've been thinking about, too, has been, okay, let's say the computer is a two-dimensional representation of uh, an idea of uh, programming. And for years, I've actually gotten educated and skilled in uh, programming computers, you know, so whether or not it's learning C, C++, C-sharp, Assembler back in, way back in the day, um, 
SQL Server, you name it. Um, all these are nothing more than, than abstractions of rational logic and everything, philosophy that are actually applied. And uh, they're applied in a two-dimensional way. So if then else logic, um, while loops, uh, looping mechanisms, threading, all these different concepts are, are an application of philosophy and ideas, um, and to some degree religion, religious perspectives and everything, in an applied manner in two-dimensional space. Now, that two-dimensional space has segued into three-dimensional space, you know, through the advent of uh, computer games and computer-generated uh, imagery and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, that, um, that, to me, is what I've come to realize is, is nothing more than, than a... Um, a presentation of um, and a segue to um, what what is what I consider a a pure version of a of a three dimensional space. Now that's actually what I'm suspecting that I'm learning right now is um, you know computers are. Uh, allow me the capability to be able to leverage a keyboard, a mouse, um, different peripherals, a joystick, to be able to interact with that two-dimensional space, all to learn, ultimately, how to actually control three-dimensional space, the space that I literally live in, um, in a similar fashion. Now, the, the mechanisms are going to be a little bit different. You know, I've learned how to operate my body, you know, for my entire life and everything, and I've also learned the input stimulus of things around me, you know, and, um, you know, the different uh, mechanisms for feedback, you know, that, that uh, are considerably different, you know, than the more refined um, or the uh, the more obvious, you know, methods of feedback with the uh, with the mouse and the keyboard and that kind of stuff. You know, my body receives energy. I receive um, feedback from the outside world around me, and that feedback comes in various forms and stimulations. You know, it comes through people that are that are around me. It comes through um, television sh television shows and movies. It comes through um, various forms of media. You know, it can be um, newspapers, which I, I avoid. Um, and it could be any number of different mechanisms and everything, you know. Um, and it's just one of those things that I've come to realize that the the computer simulations that I've actually been working with, you know, through a two-dimensional screen, um, that are segueing to this three-dimensional world, you know, and that are actually creating more direct capabilities for me to be, be able to manipulate on a real-time basis and everything, is nothing more than, like, what I would consider, I mean, some might refer to it as an evolution. I wouldn't call it that. I'd just simply call it a progression. You know, um, you start leveraging, you know, bleeps and bloops from Pac-Man and naive that, you know, from, I had a handheld version of Tron and everything when I was growing up and everything, and that in itself teaches you, you know, about the input stimulations, and, and not only that, but rational logic, you know, Boolean-based logic, true-false conditions, and that kind of stuff. Until, um, until you start getting to the point that you start seeing that with, um, with a great deal of information comes a lot of confusion about what's right and what's wrong. You know, when you accumulate so much information that there is contradictions with what's right and what's wrong and um, the truth, the quote-unquote truth and everything. With the accumulation of a great deal of information comes a, a lot of um, dissension and uh, disagreement about what's right and what's wrong. And with this, this is where individuality actually comes from. You know, it's basically, it's, it's the accumulation of too much information, the inability to be able to uh, create a collective of, uh, a collective agreement and come to a collective consensus, you know, on the idea and notion of what's right. And this is actually what, what, what spawns, in a literal sense, this thing called individuality. 
So for me, from my perspective and everything, you know, that, um, that battle, that fight, if you will, has transcended time, you know, and that's among the reasons I see some of the things that I do across space and time from a media perspective and everything. Well, the feedback is, you know, I'm starting to see that, uh, oh, I mean, as of seven years ago, I started thinking profoundly different once I realized that the world that I lived in was programming space itself. You know, it was a literal um, space that can, in a literal sense, be programmed and reprogrammed. You know, um, if you want to analogize it to the Matrix, sure. You know, that's one one perspective and everything, but that's not entirely accurate. You know, what's a what's a little bit more accurate is just basically taking a look at what a hallucination does. You know, and um, the the concept and idea that you as an individual and I as an individual have the capacity and capability to take a hallucinogenic. Um, freely, and you know that after three to four hours, generally speaking, that uh, that is going to lose its effect, you know, and um, at that point you will return back to a normal state of mind and everything, and that that in itself is actually what is a, a more true representation of what reality is, rather than thinking about from the idealistic perspective and Boolean-based uh, you know matrix concept. Matrix concept is kind of confining, you know, you're kind of stuck in it where you know, hallucination depicts the same capabilities. You're still seeing an alternate reality and, and uh, you know, the possibility of there being, you know, simulated worlds around you and everything. But the difference is, you know, you always have the, the ability to be able to say no, you know, with hallucinogenic and not only that, but you also have the ability to be able to recover from it. You know, you're not permanently stuck in this, you know, in this world and everything that you don't want to be in. Well, same thing that I is something I've realized, you know, over the last couple of years and everything too is, you know, what's to prevent me? That's been one of the questions I've been asking myself. What's to prevent me from being stuck in a world that I don't want to be stuck in? And the answer is simple: choice. I, as an individual, ultimately have choice, you know, and the freedom of choice to be able to choose which world to, not just live in, but which world to develop, you know, and how and how in which ways to develop it as well. You know, um, we all have that capability, you know, and this ultimately, you know, we go through the process of debunking everybody else, you know, around us, you know, um, that's actually what I ended up doing, you know, ultimately to discover and find my own path and everything, you know, knowing, hands down, knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt and everything that I'm ultimately responsible for development and continuance of this world and everything. And everything I've got around me is feedback, you know, from various different sources, you know, th some that, uh, you know, that exist um, in this reality that don't want to be here, some that uh, that exist in alternate realities which are providing feedback into my reality, and they may want some of what, what my reality actually has for themselves, and to some degree they feel like they have to actually, you know, perform certain methods and everything that are, are not desirable in my reality in order to be able to achieve that. And that's actually what I've been in the process of ostracizing, of actually getting rid of. I don't want those elements, you know, it's like the whole idea and concept of 9-11 and that kind of shit and everything. I don't want warfare. Here. I don't want the devastation of my population, a world that I know and that I've come to love, you know, called the United States of America. I don't want it to end up in warfare and, you know, this constant state of, of fear and that kind of stuff based on, you know, somebody else in another nation or everything. If that's what you're interested in creating here, you're not going to get it, you know. I'm going to show you an exit door and I'll keep on showing you an exit door until you get the fuck out of here. You know, every time you come in, I'm going <laughs> to just point you right to the exit and everything. So, 
in any case, you know, it's like, um, you know, to some degree, you know, the programming that I've done over the years and everything on computers has ultimately led to the awareness that I've been understanding philosophy from an applied and disassociated perspective and everything, philosophy and religion. And as I learned these lessons, those lessons kind of got embedded within my own mind until finally I started realizing, wait a second, the things I've been doing in a disassociated way through the computer is basically looking at my mind as if it was in a box. And this is actually how the real world functions. You know, to some degree we all, you know, I mean, that's, I lived the first part of my life in a disassociated manner, you know, not, not fully understanding my mind. And all of a sudden, boom, I started understanding it. And um, that's actually, you know, what uh, leads me to believe that um, the things that I want, you know, the Jackies and the Rachels and that kind of stuff, that's there for me to have, you know, um, the ability to be wealthy beyond imagination. That's there for me. It always has been, too. You know, I just had to want it in, in the right way. You know, and also wanting it because not as a way to exit this reality as fast as I possibly could, but as a way to actually expand the possibilities that are actually available to me. And potentially even this life. I'm not interested in trying to conclude every adventure as fast as possible. I'm interested in just enjoying it, you know, enjoying the experiences, expanding the possibilities that are here, creating new possibilities, coming up with new ideas. I've got myself some wonderful mechanisms to be able to explore and, you know, di diversify the possibilities. You know, computers and computerized-based systems and everything certainly help me understand um, my own mind. They continue to help me understand my own mind from, an, from a disassociated perspective. Um, the same thing holds true for, you know, for TV shows and for movies. You know, what is it I need to personally work on? Well, clearly I need to work on faces and the understanding of faces and everything and how to actually make them more lifelike and that kind of stuff and asking those questions on a constant and regular basis and everything. You know, but what other things, too? You know, diversification of people's personalities and everything in these TV shows. I mean, if it's a feedback into my own mind, you know, why is it everybody's fighting? Well... Maybe it, it requires me to look at myself and ask myself, you know, what is it uh, my mind feels like I'm fighting against, you know, and uh, is there anything I can possibly do to actually, you know, um, particularly within superhero t type shows and everything, is there anything I can do, you know, or learn about, you know, to basically uh, make it so where this is a little bit less frequent. You know, one thing I've, I've certainly thought of is diversification of these worlds. You know, what is it these worlds don't have? You know, in a, in a disassociated way. And uh, I was just looking at the uh, Supergirl landscape and everything, and she was flying over the cities. And uh, one of the first things I saw was, well, wow, you know, the cities look kind of dull and not vibrant. And, you know, they rarely show the city itself as she's flying overhead and everything. You know, and it all looks CGI related. And she's like, huh, okay. Well, maybe that's actually what I need to work on, you know, from a personal perspective. You know, is is let's say this this world that uh, she lives in is com is created by my own mind. You know, and the simulated simulation is absolutely limited. You know, to you know to what I know. 
well, I mean, I don't know how to generate terrain that well. Maybe that's something I need to learn from a mathematical perspective. I don't know how to generate, um, you know, realistic-looking buildings that well. I know how to generate buildings, you know, but making them look realistic and everything? No. And I know this is a part of what I want to do with Watch Dogs 5. So, in any case, you know, I just, um, as I just finished Watch Dogs 2 again, I'm probably going to be starting on development in the next couple days, and, uh, you know, for me, it's just an exercise, and basically say, okay, you know, part of the target things that I'm going to be learning over the next year um, are going to be the generation of faces, leveraging simple mathematics, rather than, and, uh, you know, the methods and things that I have to understand that. Um, AI is certainly going to be something that I'm going to be paying attention to, and also how to, how to create uh, not just lifelike looking um, landscapes, you know, from a uh, from a, a cityscape perspective, but but how to take that to the next level. Look at something like um, what was created in the place of the Twin Towers, and say, hey, that's you know that's actually um, really interesting, you know, from a um, a generated perspective and everything on potential buildings to build. Now. You know, um, from a I, not thinking about it from a procedural perspective, you know, the architecture for the the new World Trade Center was it they call it World Trade Center One or something like that, you know, is unique. It's interesting. It's entertaining. It's um, you know, it's different than the rest of the landscape and everything. And I need to take that, you know, as a consideration as I'm building some of the models and everything for, you know, what I envision Phoenix to be. You know, and quit trying to be like other cities, and instead basically paint it like I want to see it. You know, taking the existing landscape and just basically evolving it, and that's kind of the key. You know, is insert, inserting the temporal thing and and somehow making it so where I can set the time period. You know, time periods current day. You know, time periods 1985, and uh, I want to be able to show full progression and everything. You know, um, and you know, progression of the architecture and everything from a linear, a single linear perspective. Now. You know, the diversification, should you make modifications in the past and everything, and what this creates, that's that's going to be entirely, you know, up to you. Um, but I don't know yet. But two things I know that I need to get into this year are definitely architecture and um, the idea and concept of what makes a face a face and how to actually make it unique. You know, it's one thing to be able to detect a face, you know, to be able to leverage, um, you know, point, uh, point cloud, you know, variances and actually see the differences between faces. But it's entirely another to actually construct it leveraging vertices, you know, and uh, is that the only method that I've got available to me to actually create a face? you know, an OpenGL? It's actually a good question. And, um, you know, but uh, when it comes down to it, I suspect, you know, that my outside world might might change a little bit, you know, and to some degree, maybe I have to mentally prepare for that, you know, and uh, hopefully my mind's on the same page that I am, and I'm not interested in it becoming, you know, anything but fun and, and more entertaining. And something I want to be here in. So, in any case... Time to take a shower. Yeah, so continuing that thought, and just basically the peripherals that I had before for interacting with the simulation through the computer in a disassociated way, you know, or the mouse, the keyboard, the um, all that kind of stuff. The peripherals that I have now for the computer that I'm coming into um, contact with um, are my voice, um, my hands, my body, um, my vision. 
um, all these things act as input and output stimulation devices and everything. So it's just a matter of, you know, how is it I can actually uh, interact with the world in a way. And these aren't really peripherals in the traditional sense of the matter. You know, like a computer peripherals, you can actually interchange them, that kind of stuff, where, you know... <laughs> in any case, yeah, yeah, while it is possible, you know, to alter the peripherals that I actually have to stimulate with this world and everything, um, it's one of those things that, uh, for me, it's just like I like the idea of being able to, I don't know, maybe one of these days, a long time from now, who knows, I might actually choose to, choose to um, intentionally have different peripherals and everything. Maybe not. I don't know. You know, that's the whole thing. All I know is in the moment, I'm learning the stimulation of my voice on the peripherals on the outside world and everything um, from a different perspective than I had before. My voice was merely... I mean, it was still very similar to this. The difference is I didn't realize before that I had the capacity to be able to alter the state of matter, you know, to change programming and everything, um, you know, for TV shows and movies, you know, to alter, you know, things that I didn't think previously I had direct contact with. Now that I know that I do, it changes the ballgame a little bit. Anyways.